Well, I've got one quick last thing that I want to share with you before we go into the Word, and that is we are starting our life groups really soon. We're trying to get them all geared up. Uh, we reckon we need about double or maybe even triple what we had last time just to facilitate. We're going to have a Port of Iron one. We're hoping to have one up around Newry, Warren Point direction. We need more around here. Uh, so I want to put something on your heart. If you are ready to become a life group leader, then come and see us because we want to get you trained up. And if it's not for this season, then it's definitely for the next season because we want to be ready for what the Lord is doing and for the new faces and because we want to grow. And when things get larger, we continue to stay small in those environments, know each other, pray for each other, be there for each other, uh, and hang out with each other uh, and literally just get to know. Well, today I want to talk about how to break through. Uh, I want to bring you something from a few years ago. Uh, I was thinking about this last week. I was thinking about this last couple of weeks, thinking about breakthrough and what does that mean? Well, here's what it says. First John 3, 8 says this, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works or the works of evil. This is why we are here. Church, I don't want us to get distracted from that. I don't want us to be discouraged from that. I don't want us to be discouraged at all in this. But we are in a spiritual battle, and the Lord has equipped us and prepared us for it. Amen? He has prepared you for this battle. And just like Jesus, he came because he was here to destroy the devil's work. I want to say to you that you are here to destroy the devil's work. Now, does it always look like a big bad devil with horns and a fork? No, not at all. But what it looks like is dysfunction, what it looks like, issues, problems, things that are in heaven, but they're not on earth. It looks like things that are here, but they shouldn't be here. It looks like things where sin is abiding and sin is taken over and just things are moving in the opposite direction of what the Lord has called. And about four years ago, God gave us a word as a church. And I, I was reminded of it because it's all connected to breakthrough. Here's what it says, anointed for breakthrough and deliverance. The Lord gave us this word in 2019. And as I was preparing for this, well, here's what I believe, that the Lord speaks through the written word of God, through the Bible. But then he also today speaks to confirm that, uh, not to add extra, but to remind us of his promises and to remind us that he's still a God who speaks. Amen? And so he uses the prophetic and he uses the words of God, both in the written word of God and then through a moving of the Holy Spirit to remind us of our plans and purposes and to remind us of the love that he has for this world. Come on, we've got to remind ourselves for God so loved the world that he sent his son. He loves the world. He does not hate the world. He loves the world. As believers in Christ, if you love Jesus, you should love the world because the Lord loves the world. And so about four years ago, we felt that he spoke clearly. And this is what he said, and he reminded me of this, me of it this week. He said, there's anointing for breakthrough and deliverance in three key areas. The first one will be depression. The second one will be gender issues. And the third one would be demonic strongholds. Three big issues that you cannot solve in your own strength. These are just far too lofty and far too big for us, but not for the Lord. And of course, what does the Lord come to do? He comes to heal, restore, redeem, put back into place, call out purpose, destiny, future. He does not come to take away other than the sinful stuff. What he comes to do is pour in excessively and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. He's here to see broken lives get transformed. What did he say about himself? The Son of Man did not come to do anything other than to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man did not worry about a house or a car, if they were even relevant in those days, of course not. But he did not worry about earthly possessions. What he was focused on was the mission of heaven, which I am here to restore broken people into redemption with a wonderful Father. Church, this is what we have a role to play in. You are men and women of breakthrough. Even if you've not come to faith yet, there is a breakthrough in 
anointing on your life. And what the Lord wants you to know is align that with him, come to faith in him, get your sins forgiven, and then begin to operate in that anointing. Begin to operate in the breakthrough that God has put on your life. And what does it look like? Well, then every day you're just seeing things change. What we've noticed over this last few weeks over and over and over again is that people are coming into the presence of God and they're experiencing breakthrough, but sometimes we're not catching up to what the Lord is doing. Sometimes we're going, oh, we're a bit shocked. Oh, that was really incredible. Like we were at the wedding just yesterday and a number of people came to us afterwards and said, wow, that was just brilliant. What they're meaning is they experienced the presence and the power of God and it was tangible. It was in the worship. It was in the speaking. It was in the parts that were played. It was in the air. Something was going on. And today what I want us to encourage our hearts with church is that we've got to tune in and tune up that there's breakthrough inside of you and it's coming out all of the time. And what we have to get tuned into is that we recognize that and we know how to respond to that because if we don't, then we'll miss it and we'll be like, oh, it's just great that you're feeling something. No, they're not just feeling something. They're feeling the presence of God. And now what can we speak into that? What life can we bring? What encouragement can we bring that will unlock someone into a calling and a destiny and seeing their sins forgiven? Come on, we are the mighty men and women of God and the Lord's calling us out. Here's what part of the word said. Worship was going to be key. What have we seen in this last two, three weeks? We've had our 24-7, 24-8 worship. It's went for days and days and days, and God's unlocked things. And here's what he spoke. Selah moments are going to be key. Now, if you've ever read the book of Psalms, you will have recognized this word, Selah. And you see it maybe at the end of verses, or you see it in the brackets, or you see it at the end of a section in the psalm, and you go to yourself, what does this mean? Well, Bible scholars even to this day are still not quite sure how to properly define it. But here's a whole bunch of ideas which are all heavily connected. But it means to pause, to take a moment, to exalt, to lift up, to just wait for a moment. You've just read something incredible. You've just experienced something unbelievable. Now just pause for a moment. Don't rush on to the next bit. Selah, take a moment. And what did we do about two weeks ago when we had our 24-7-8 worship? We took loads of moments because what did the guys figure out and what did we figure out? It's great to have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, bridge, verse. But how many times are you going to have to do that right if you're going to fill 24 hours? You're going to have to have a million songs. And so it might just be it's worship and it's still. It might be you're reading the word in an atmosphere of worship. It might be you're just completely silent. And you begin to hear the Lord's voice. It might be that you just rest in the song. And before you know it, you've been singing the same line for 30 minutes. Because when you come into moments with God, you realize if there's no rush and there's no time limit, then I better chill out. I better, I better just relax a bit. Otherwise, it's going to be, is it over yet? You know, we'll be back to, I don't know, teenagers or pre-teenagers and going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Come on, the presence of God is it. Everything else is just a blessing or an overflow. But remember, it is him. I mean, I get to do things for God. I hope you get to do things for God, but that's not it. That's just a byproduct of him. His presence is it. It is where I want to be with him, with him. And then Nikki mentioned just a few weeks ago this word. Now, this is not an unusual word, but it's probably not a word that we use all of the time, which was a word called linger. And the Lord said, for us to experience the deliverance and breakthrough that he's called us into, we're going to have to learn to linger. And watch what we wrote down. It was to lead to deliverance. And I believe as we've learned to linger in the presence of God, and we only reminded ourselves this word just the other day. I was just searching up. I go, wow, this is it, Lord. This is what we're seeing four years later. 
culture. Then we start to see it. We start to feel it. It's in the culture. It's in the air. People start to use the right words. Why? Because the Lord's doing it. We did Alpha this last week, Alpha Session 2. I love Alpha. I've done it many times. Me and Ian keep going, wow, I want to get saved again. It's just so good. Alpha just is brilliant. But right in the middle of it, we're watching this video, and the guy said, oh, well, sure, look, at the end of the day, yes, there's loads of prophetic words for Jesus, but sure, look, he could have lined them all up. Well, he could have, but most of them he was out of control of. Like, I mean, just, that's just the way the Lord works. We are recognizing what the Lord's already doing. You could say, well, the Lord gave you this word four years ago, and she have lined everything up. I mean, you could, but you'd be exhausted. You could, but you'd spend every waking moment trying to make everything just to line up. But then when you remind yourself of the word of God, and you remind yourself of what the Lord has done, you go, wow. This is so good. This is wonderful. He goes on to say a couple more things before we get into a few verses. It says, we're called to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. And God's going to use us as a church to destroy witchcraft. Come on, I don't mean that we're going to go around and we're going to see dramatic witches maybe in front of our face and it's going to be this and that and all the things you may imagine and you're thinking. Now, I believe we're going to walk around and even our toddler club, our baby club, our youth club, our alpha right now is destroying witchcraft because anything that's opposite to the things of God and anything that takes us away from the grace of God automatically becomes witchcraft. Every single time. I mean, because if it's not for me, you're against me. The Lord made it really easy for us to understand. He made it really easy. He said, you're either for me or you're against me. And so as we will operate in our gift, then we will automatically destroy witchcraft. couple last things. Signs and wonders will follow and will build legacy and monuments because there will be reminders of what God has already done. Church, this is what we're seeing. This is what we are living in in this moment. And I want to call us up today and I want to call us out today for breakthrough because it is inside of you. And you don't have to stress or worry like, Lord, how do I be a breakthrough? Like, how do I? No, 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 no. It's just who you are. You just have to remind yourself. So when you're in those conversations, you know something's happening. God, make me aware of what's happening. God, when I go to work, make me aware of how the presence of God is affecting this workplace. God, make me aware as I would go around my day to day, how I am affecting the mood and the atmosphere of the room. How do we know this? Because all the way through the book of Acts, they did stuff by accident more than intention. They just were like, oh, he got healed. Why, Peter? He just touched your shadow. Oh, wow. Our shadow is even anointed by God. I mean, aren't you just loving it that it was a shadow? Because if it was anything else, we would have bottled it up and we'd try to pass it on or give it to someone or maybe even make some money. But it's a shadow, you can't contain it. It's just whenever the light hits you, boom, shadows generated. But they started to realize, wow, guys, did you, are you getting this? Like everywhere we go, our lives are anointed. Why? Because otherwise we'll do what we've always tried to do. We'll try to separate and compartmentalize our lives. And we'll go, well, this part's the God stuff. This is my work life. This is my, my uh, you know, relaxing time. And then back to the God stuff. And then Sundays, I'm really intense for God. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, me time, me time. And then Thursday, I go to the gym or Friday and I do this. And we do all this separation. Is it any wonder we're all over the place and we're confused? Because we are one people and we're designed to be one people all the time, sacred and holy before a holy God, but also anointed and appointed for this time at this season. Come on, can I just say to you that God does everything by design. There is no mistake that you are here today. Now, I know that you might have planned today. You might have reluctantly said yes to come today, but you've been here before time begun because God has designed you to be here at this moment. And I know you made a decision. But I want to encourage you, outside of all of that, God knows and sees all things. Otherwise, he can't know it. 
And he decided you would be here. It wasn't just a spur of the moment, although maybe it felt like that for you. But for him, he has a plan and a destiny for your life. He decided this time in history, at this moment, for you to be this age, at this time, in this moment. And he wants to grab your attention and say there is breakthrough on your life. Come on, we are not just people that go with the flow. We are breakthrough people. And so he's given us a fresh word. Let me go to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. If you've got your word with you, then you've got to get this one marked. This is such a good verse, a uh, set of verses. Uh, you can read it later as well. But here's what it says, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. So David went to Belperez, and he defeated the Philistines there. This is the age-old enemy of the men and women of God back in the Old Testament. The Philistines, those pesky Philistines. They're always, they're always up to no good. He said, but the Lord did it. And David exclaimed, he burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named the place Belperez, which means the Lord who bursts through. If you read the King James and the New King James, it would say a flood of breakthrough. It would be like water breakthrough. It would be like you have a dam and then a crack comes and then breakthrough. Everything's changed. There was a flood not that long ago. I saw it on the TV. And once the dam burst, it covered every town, every village. The water showed no mercy. The breakthrough just burst through. And I want to say to you that we are men and women of breakthrough. And wherever we go, it's like boom. It's just breakthrough of love, joy, mercy, grace. We are bringing the very atmosphere of heaven into every place that we find ourselves. And what I want to encourage you to do is open up the tops. Open up the tops so that there is no, there's no like holding back. There's no refrain. You know, it's so important you realize what you've got in your hand. Could you imagine? I mean, think of the guys in the worship team. If they just thought that what, the guitar that they're holding is just a piece of wood or, or the keyboard over here is just a hunk of plastic. I mean, if they just thought that that's just a box with some things in it, I mean, they would not realize that that's an instrument that can be used for the glory of God. I mean, if you don't realize that you're in God's hands and that he holds you in the palm of your hand, in his hand, and that he uses you as a precious instrument that he planned before time began, and if you allow him to use your life, he will do extraordinary things. But if you don't realize that, you'll just think, ah, oh, my life, what about it? Just another day, you know, just trying to get through. You'll wish your life away. You'll go, oh, I'm just looking for a new job. I'm just hoping for this. I'm just hoping for that. And everything will be in the future instead of realizing the moment you're in right now. Your job, I know it's a pain. But give glory to God. Glory to God. And watch how he starts to change things. I know there's some issues in your life. How do I know it? Not because I'm a prophet, but because I know the pain that we live in. We know the world that we live in. It's full of sin. It's full of issues. But God knows those things, and he's saying, church, what I'm trying to do is get you away from that's my only focus, and then grumble and complain, or tell everybody else about it, and then forget that you're a breakthrough person. What I'm trying to do, church, is get you to a place if you go, okay, I know I'm going through some stuff, but even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I know the Lord's with me. Suddenly now, I'm in breakthrough, and I'm in flow, and the Lord is moving through my life. I want to wake us up today. If that's what you need, I want to encourage you today that this is who you are. It's just about allowing the Lord to work through you. No matter what, your breakthrough. No matter what, you carry the presence of God. And so some of us today need to start to pick up the weapons that we have, and we need to start using them for the glory and the kingdom of God. We're going to go to Luke chapter 7. I'm going to take a few more minutes because I know our time is nearly done. But Luke chapter 7, we're not going to have time to read this whole thing, but I'm going to call this whole chapter a breakthrough chapter. You should read this this week and meditate on it and get to a place where you begin to see yourself in that book. And you say to yourself, man, if it wasn't the centurion or if it wasn't the woman or if it wasn't the guy, it could be me. 
And it will be me this week because the Lord has anointed and appointed me and he has called me for this moment. But I want to take you to the first story in the book and it's called the story of the centurion. And this is like a Roman officer. He knows authority. He knows how to lead men. He knows how to take charge. And he has a servant who he values highly, which is already extraordinary. And we should take notice of this because he's a centurion. He's a, a captain in the army or a leader of men. And a servant, well, you might as well call him a slave. Maybe a servant's being too nice. He could get another one. Why does he care? Why, does he, why is he highly valued? Why is he even interested? All the rest of his peers just get rid of them. Uh, you're not fit for purpose anymore. I'll buy a new one. But for some reason, the centurion notices, and he realizes an age-old truth, that if you take care of the people, the people take care of you. Amen? Come on, if you're working with people, if you're having a problem, take care of them, and they'll take care of you. That's how we love and encourage each other. And the centurion turns around, and he says, I've got an issue, and I've got a problem. It says that in verse 2 of chapter 7, there's a centurion servant whom his master valued highly but was sick and about to die. This is really serious stuff. His servant's going to die and his master is worried and he wants to see breakthrough. Now, I want to read some verses and I purposely didn't put them on the screen because I want them to wash over your heart as you would read them in your word. But verse 3, it says this, the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. What an outrageous request from a man who has no faith from a man, or at least you'd think he's got no faith, but subsequently he starts to have faith in Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with them, said, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogues. So Jesus went to them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself for I do not deserve to have you under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me and I tell this one to go and he goes and I tell this one to come and he comes and I say to my servant, do this and he does it. Wow, this is an incredible insight to how the Lord works. This is an incredible insight to how we need to realize how we operate. Because we have authority in Christ, and we've been given authority in Christ, and we need to start to realize that otherwise we'll live like we don't have it. And I want you to live like you got a guitar in your hand, not just a piece of wood. I want you to live like you got a sword in your hand, not just something you have to carry. I want you to live like you know that you're anointed by God and not just trying to get through the motions and trying to get to the next day. God's life is on you, and His life flows through you. It flows through your veins. And so you've got the centurion, and he asked a strange request. He says, God, I, I need Jesus to come. I send the servants to get him because my servant needs healed. And, and then when it's on the way, he says, but actually, don't trouble him because I understand authority and I know if you just said the word, then it would be done. Now look at Jesus' response. Jesus, when he hears this, he said, he was amazed at him, verse 9. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found that the servant was well. Wow. Wow. You see, just like Jesus has breakthrough, you have breakthrough. What if there are people that are coming to your door every day or coming into your world and they're saying things to you and you're misinterpreting them as, oh, they're just telling me some information. But actually what they're really saying is, they're saying, help me. They're saying, would you pray for me? Would you be interested in me? Would you notice me? Would you value me? Would you recognize me? 
And we are the men and women of God, and we need to get away from insecurity and talking to me and recognizing me and thanking me. And we need to start to rise up as the sons and daughters, as the moms and dad in our places and in our spheres of influence and start to administer and start to minister and start to bless and start to recognize the language. Come on, do you know what I'm saying? If you talk to any parent, they know when their kids are talking to them, and they know what certain things mean, even if they tell them something different. They're like, I, I know what you really need. You need sleep, <laughs> or you need something to eat. Uh, you know, you, you need to just, you need to, we, we, know, we know what the language is. We know how it works. Why? Because not everything you say is true. Not everything you present is real. What's really going on underneath it, the biggest question we got to ask ourselves is why? Why? Why are they telling me this right now? Why is, this something, is there something jumping in my spirit right now? Why? Because there's breakthrough inside of you, and it's time to tune up and let it go. Amen? It's time to let it go. So when someone comes to you, and it's just an innocent conversation, it's never an innocent conversation. It's another opportunity to pour the life and love of Jesus into their lives. How can I bless? How can I bring breakthrough? How can I see this person transformed? Not because they're a project, but because they're a precious person, person who may not have found the love of a father yet. And you have, so you've got something to pour in, or you've got something to respond with, or you've got something to bring. Second story in the book, and we're going to move really quickly now. Verse 12, it talks about this person who has died. Verse 12, it says this, as they approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. But Jesus was there. Then he came and he touched the open coffin, verse 14. And those that carried him stood still and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. Wow. Because the Son of Man was a breakthrough carrier. Because the Son of Man did not just come to live for himself or get for himself, but to seek and to save the lost. But the Son of Man came anointed and appointed, uh, ready to set the captives free, ready to open the blind eyes, ready to see the lame walk, and ready to see the, de the dead rise. Come on, this is who we are in Christ. Verse 37, a sinful woman. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus, come on, she, she found out some information that Jesus was on the way and was eaten at the Pharisees' house, the people who should be able to tell her the truth. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him uh, at his feet weep, weeping, she began to wet, feet, uh, wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on him. Wow. This is a sinful woman, but she recognizes this man who carries breakthrough. And before she's had her breakthrough, she begins to break. Come on, church. If, if we start to recognize who we are, you're going to start to operate in a whole different place. You're going to operate in a whole different place. And what the Lord is trying to get is he's trying to get us up a tiny bit to let us see what you have inside of you and to let it out because you are the light of this world. And if the light does not shine, then darkness reigns supreme. But we are the light of the world. And let's not be people that just speak about it because too many of us are going, ah, oh, the world's this, the world's that. No, no, no. Let's refrain from that and start to shine our light. Because this woman who was a sinful woman, the, the Bible makes no bones about it. She was a sinful woman, but guess what? She learned about Jesus. She'd heard something about him. She had said, wow, I think I've heard about this guy. This is a guy who's incredible. I need to get to him. What has a sinful woman got to do with coming to Jesus? Because she's learned something, that if I get to him, he might just change me. He might just change me, because he's a God of breakthrough. 
And I'm a broken woman, and I'm trying to just get through my life, but I recognize if I get to him, he might just break me, and my life may never be the same again. Come on, guys, if you've put your trust in Jesus, you've already got to this point, but now it's time to get past this point. It's now time to bring it to everybody else. It's now time to recognize when people come to you, it's not just as simple as you think. There's more going on than you can believe. It's time to tune in. It's time to hear the the voice of the Spirit, and it's time to recognize that you carry this breakthrough every place you go. It says this, that in the midst of the story, you can read it for yourself, but for the sake of time, the people started to condemn her. They started to say, what? Get, get her away. This is stupid. This, he's, she's filthy. She shouldn't be anywhere near Jesus. Jesus is pure. He's holy. He, they just didn't get it. I didn't come for the well. I came for the sick. I, I didn't come for those that are alive. I came for the dead. This is the, this is the way Jesus lived his life. I didn't come to have a load of mates and be really popular on social media. I came for the broken and the destitute and the ones that are counseled and the ones that are left behind and the ones that nobody wants to know about. And that's where I find life. Did you realize it? That's where I find life. I, I didn't come so I could have loads of parties with people and go and lose holidays. And I'm not against any of those things. I didn't come to get a whole bunch of money and buy a whole bunch of stuff and try to find satisfaction there. And all those things are fine. I didn't come for any of that. I came for these people. She's one of mine. You don't get it, boys. She's one of mine. And, and, and Jesus lets her come into his presence because he knows what's going on. And what happens? This woman is never the same again. Never the same again. Our problem is not people. Our problem is probably inside. It's probably us. Lord, help us. Our, we, we need to change, Lord. Come on, we've got it. We've just got to let it out. We've just got to let it out. Verse 48, then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And you're going, faith? Could you imagine the early disciples and the Pharisees in that room when he dropped the word faith? Like, I'm not sure any of the, some of their mouths ever got back up again when he dropped the word faith. Faith? We thought filth. We did not think faith. Jesus, what are you talking about? But this whole chapter is loaded that we bring breakthrough and it changes people's lives because the Spirit of God is on you. I'm just trying to say it over and over and over again. I'm just trying to use the Word of God over and over and over again from different positions, from different vantage points for you to get it in your heart so that you would start to realize, oh, this is me. I'm Jesus today. Come on, this is is true, isn't it? Because he said, I'm going away. There's one coming just like me, the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do. That's each one of us that are believers in Christ are going to do greater things than me. Church, this is who we are. Worship team, I'm going to get you guys to come. I'm getting ready to finish. I think we need to read a couple more things. You know, I felt a word from God just in the midst of this breakthrough, which is don't lose heart. Breakthrough is coming. Don't Don't lose heart. I want to encourage you today that you don't need breakthrough if you're not in a battle. And remember, the, the only point of a breakthrough is because you're in a battle. The only point of victory is because you're in a battle. Now, if you don't recognize you're in a battle, then you could say, oh, this is terrible. My life is cursed. My, my life is, you know, God's against me. Uh, why is my life not working out? No, no, you're just in a battle. You're just in a battle. You've got to recognize that. And when you recognize you're in a battle, then you know that breakthrough is inevitable for you because you're a son or daughter of God. So what do you do? You get busy helping other people. You get busy making a difference in other people's lives because this battle is no big deal. God's going to bring me through. Is the battle difficult? Of course it is. But is it the end? No. Because we are men and women of breakthrough. We're going to come through the other side. We're going to get to the other place. Daniel, put up Colossians for me. I think we had Colossians. 
in near the end, Colossians chapter 2, I think it was. There we go. It says, you were dead because of your sin and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. This is who we are. For he forgave all of our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us. And he took it away by kneeling it to the cross. Come on, church. This is who you are in Christ. He took the record of the charges and he kneeled them on the cross. They can't come back off. Come on, this is why you can get focused less on yourself and more on what the Lord has called you to do. This is why you got to start recognizing that you are a person of breakthrough and everywhere you go, you're going to bring breakthrough in people's lives. It says this, in this way, he disarmed. Oh, I love this. He disarmed. He disarmed. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Wow. Church, this is the word of God. This is who we are in Christ. We live in a world that's full of shame. We live in a world that would love to shame you because it might make them feel, feel better. But we are not against the world. We love the world. And what did the Lord do? He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he picked up all the shame and all the, the horrible stuff and all the sin and all the brokenness and all the uncertainty. And he took all of that and he kneeled it to the cross. And he says, these guys aren't going to reign supreme on you anymore. I've disarmed them. It's all over. It's done. The cross was a place of breakthrough. The cross was a place of breakthrough. If you've been to the cross, you've experienced breakthrough. And anything you've experienced in the kingdom of God, you get to bring it everywhere you go. We're going to finish off with one last one. John 7. Give me the last one, Daniel. John chapter 7. On the last greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Church, if you are thirsty, come to him and drink. I want to encourage you to do that today. Because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go to everybody else. Help me. Feed me. Support me. Give me some water. Give me some. And, and they can't do it. You're looking in the wrong places. They cannot do it. Now, are people going to listen and going to care? Of course they are. But they can't fix the problems that you're going through, even though you think they might be able to. It's Jesus that fixed the problems. It says, whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers, notice this, of living water will flow from them. That's a breakthrough. That's what God's going to do in you. You are a person that just were dead before you were a person that just, you needed everything from everyone and it still wasn't enough. You were a person that was searching for truth and looking for answers and maybe you had some, but then once you find Jesus, you go from take, take to give because the power of God is on your life. And you go from, okay, I've received tonight rivers of living water through the presence of God, through the Spirit of God. This is what He is doing in each one of us. So are you telling me when you walk around, is it any wonder that you are affecting people's lives? Is it any wonder that that person is breaking down when they're around you? Is it any wonder that maybe they're becoming aggressive around you? Because the rivers of living water are just flowing all over them. And sometimes because of the life that we're living, we don't want to feel love. We don't want to experience truth. We don't want it. It might be what we need, but we don't want it. And so church this week, I know you think you're just going to work. Are you just going to the grandkids? Are you just going to uni? Are you just going to that job that you hate? But you're not. You're going as a man and woman of breakthrough. And so do not be surprised that when you begin to see and hear like him, that you start to notice there's a whole bunch of people around there that just want transformation, that just want breakthrough. Can we stand together? Come on, we're going to pray this over our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord.
Come on, he's truly wonderful. He's truly wonderful. He didn't save us to leave us. He saved us to fire us up and pour us out. He planned that you'd have nothing left by the end. He planned that you would give it all away, all away. See, the woman, when she burst into the room and no one else could stand her and everybody else was like, get rid of her, she's filthy. She was the only one that knew the truth. She poured it all out. Her tears, her perfume, her everything. She poured it all on Jesus. And he turned around and he says, wow, your faith has saved you. Your faith. Come on, we have an anointing on our lives. We have a presence of God on us. If you've put your trust in Jesus, then you've got so much more than you can believe. If you've not, we're going to pray in just a moment. And we're going to believe that the Spirit of the living God is going to touch your life. Come on, can we close our eyes just for a moment? I want to give opportunity. I want to say to you that the Bible is really clear. Romans 10, 13 says, Anybody that calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. That all you've got to do is believe with your mouth and confess, or confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and your sins are forgiven. I wonder, does anybody need that today? Come on, maybe for you, it's you're a bit far from God. Then you need this. Maybe for you, you've never put your trust in God. We had someone who came to church for the first time last night. They came to the Vibe Girl event. Don't hold back. Come to everything you can. Bring as many people as you can. But is there anybody today, come on, if you want that, please raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Maybe you just want to come home. You're far from God, but you want to come back home. Or maybe you've never had your sins forgiven. You want to get your sins forgiven today. Come on, don't live in shame. Don't live in that sin. Give it over to Christ and let him completely delete it and destroy it and let him make you a new creation. Is there anybody today? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Come on, is anybody? I want to pray. Just lift up your hand. If that's something you need, you're coming home. You're coming back. Amen. Amen. Come on, we're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's pray for a moment. I want to pray for these few people. Lord, I pray today. Lord, I ask you that, Lord, that you would see the desire of their heart. When the woman with the sin came into the room, Jesus already knew what she wanted. He just loved it. He was so delighted. The Lord knows what you want. He knows your heart's desire. Lord, I pray today that for everyone who wants to call in the name of Jesus, they would do it right now. Everybody that's ready to get their sins taken away, anybody that's ready for a brand new start, you just begin to say, Jesus, I'm ready to follow you. It's very simple. And then I pray, Spirit of the living God, that you would come and bring transformation and breakthrough. Lift off all the heavy weight of sin. Make them a brand new creation in Jesus. And let them go strong with the grace and love of God in their lives. Lord, I pray your blessing and anointing on them. I pray right now you say yes to him. And as you do, he's faithful. And he redeems. And he restores. And he resurrects. Thank you, Lord. In church, I want to pray for everybody else. How are we letting the, the Lord use us for breakthrough? How are you letting him use you to be the person that the world needs? Let's ask him to touch us. Come on, let's get our eyes on the prize. Let's get our eyes on the prize. There is nobody greater than Jesus. Everybody that's cold is being warmed up. Everybody that's been isolated is coming back into community. Everybody that's been far is coming close. Lord, I pray today for your breakthrough spirit on every life. I pray today that we would realize that just like Bel Perez, that it was a place of breakthrough, that we are the place of breakthrough because the Spirit of God lives in us. 
we've given our lives to Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that we will not go out trying to do this thing or that thing. We will simply be who the Lord's called us to be, but we'll become aware, aware of your voice, aware of the voice in front of us, aware of a person's issues or problems, and we'll become sensitive of how the Lord would allow us to minister. Lord, we are your hands and feet. We are your ministers of the gospel. We don't switch it on. We don't figure it out one day. We just, it's who we are. And I pray, Lord, let us become aware. Let us become more tuned in and let us become sensitive to the voice of the Spirit as the Lord would lead us every single day. Every person is an opportunity to love. Every person is an opportunity to care for. Every person is a precious gift. Every person. Lord, bless, equip, and call forward in your great name. Thank you, Lord.